Hi, James here. Welcome to the James Cast. I have a spectacular catching up for you with Farah Dimini, Josh, and Maul. It's been a long time since Farah and I caught up, over four years actually. She's back in town. She's been in Europe. She's been in North America. She's been doing some really crazy cool stuff because Farah is an entrepreneur. She's a tech savvy entrepreneur. She's really enthusiastic about femtech. And she started a new venture called Yamone, which is menopause for the modern woman. It's a safe place for women at all stages of menopause to meet, chat, share, and learn. In this very long conversation, Far and I talk about her journey, talk about what she's been doing, where she's been, and we talk about Yamane. You're going to love it. Here we go. It's the James cast. You've done radio. You've been on radio. So your mind is kind of in an hour or two or whatever. And, but you know, a podcast could be 20 minutes long. It could be 10 minutes long. It could be five minutes long. Yeah, exactly. And you know, when you asked me yesterday about uh, whether or not, uh, uh, you know, uh, we were still okay for the podcast and I was of course, yeah, I mean, yeah. for me, it's not that different from from radio. Yeah, it's the it's same thing. But you are very right. Uh, radio, you come in. I do remember coming in the studio and being already prepared mentally on, okay, we have this one or one and a half or two yeah. hours of live radio. Yeah, radio. yeah. So you have your greed and everything is yeah. just so timed yeah. that you come that way, right? Yeah. And you do forget that podcast, it's, it's definitely, I mean, it's... It's still organized, but yeah. It's still, but it's more... You know, it's just more relaxed. Yeah, it, and so what? So when I said about an hour, I said, "Look, we could go twenty minutes. We could go half an hour. We could go forty. And then I usually find after about an hour, I just get tired, right? And so it's not the topic's not interesting. I just get tired of, you know, it's like okay, I've had enough. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's, and so I, and I mean, it's just, but but it's it's kind of nice because, especially if you're doing it for yourself or for you know for your your own causes or for your your own startups or your own business then it 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 it's another piece of content for a website or for a blog post or for instagram stuff and and it it really tells people about what you're doing so i i think i i mean i'm i sit around and i talk to people who've got small business i go why aren't you doing a podcast like what and they go yeah well i said talk about whatever it is you do and, and that's what we've sort of done with the Potaholics thing and, and that group, which really came from when I was doing radio. So after 12 years, retiring as it, being cut is what happened. I got cut. Oh, that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got cut. Uh, they changed format when they put, started putting that music in. The four song, do you ever listen to Dubai Eye anymore? Four songs an hour. When did you stop? Two years ago. Two years ago. Okay. Well, I was. Uh, you were I spent the past four, almost four years in uh, in Europe. Yeah. So I'm just like kind of coming back. Okay. So uh, so yeah. I'm yeah. Like, so now, yeah. anyways, I mean, it, it's it is what it is. But when they changed that, they just changed a lot of the shows, and my show just didn't fit. So it's like okay. It's a pity because it was a show that had a lot of uh, it did a big audience. It did. Right? <laughs> it did. And you had like faithful <laughs> followers, yes. and so what is the rationale behind that? Uh, it's not in terms of uh, like production costs. No, or there was no production costs because I did it all. So yeah, so it was cheap. <laughs> <laughs> it cost them nothing. I <laughs> do remember I was cheap as well. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, I was really affordable for them, and I wasn't. You know, I was on the freelance rate. I was not expensive 
at all. So uh, I don't know. I yeah. Well, okay. It's the, uh, ultimately anyway. It's their decision. Yeah. And the and, and uh, so anyway. So we we brought the group of us who were doing stuff said, we've got some good fun. This is good content. We like doing it. Let's keep doing it. And so some of the shows naturally did, and we just keep doing them, but they're, they're all really part of proof of proof of concept. Right. The idea that, so that we will fix it guys come in and we talk DIY repair. We put it up. It's fun. They're not really advertising their thing. They talk about what they do a little bit, but really they're not saying, Hey, come and use us. They talk about anything and, but they can put the content up on their website car guy does the same thing we talk about cars we talk about repairs he can put content up and i break it up for him too and i say look just use it here it is put it on your website it's you know talking about what you're doing and and they do and so it all became this hey this does work and this is easy to do and it's just time and sustainability can you keep doing it but this is the thing is that when you say uh you know like anybody can make i mean anybody can make a podcast it's not very difficult you can no. rent a room yeah. and uh, it's time. Well, yeah, yeah. first of all, well, first of all, you need to be very confident and to yeah. have this ease, which is not given to everybody. Yes. And second of all, it's also a big time uh, oh, yeah. commitment. Yeah. And when you're uh, when you're like when you're a startup, when you're a small business, uh, you know every single minute count yeah. in like, developing your business and uh, cutting costs or yeah. generating yeah. revenues and so on. So these two three hours that y you spend. In the studio, but you also need to have a few hours preparing. Yes. Whatever is going to happen, it's like... It oh, I know. I, I totally get it. That's why I, I, I kind of, with the stuff I do, it all happens kind of on a Tuesday. And then, I mean, I have quite a bit of content that I haven't done anything with yet. I mean, it's, there's about a, a week and a half, two week delay on things. Just, and then it's, okay, I'm going to work on this particular thing and then breaking it into three or four parts and then doing this and then doing that. And then videos, it's, it's hours. Yeah. yeah. And... You know, someone said to me, well, you could hire someone to do it. And I said, I could. I said, I'm not ready to do that yet. It hasn't reached the point where it's overwhelming because I want to be able to say this, copy this. And who can you hire that's going to now listen through all of your content to put it together? So I still have to do something because that's a whole other task. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's, it's difficult. <laughs> so, I, so I say for startups, start small. I said, think 10 minutes. Think 10 minutes. And go from there, and then start building it, and and play with it. Yes, I was chatting last time with uh, with a friend of mine who is the uh, uh, responsible of the communication of a very famous guy in France now. Okay. And uh, asking her about uh, about um, advices on podcasts. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, Because she does that for him, and uh, and she was like. Don't do anything above 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, like really right now, nowadays, yeah. it's 20 minutes because people usually, you know, yeah. our yeah. attention span oh, yeah. is completely, uh, is, uh, is, uh, is shorter for everything. Yeah. Uh, so she was recommending 20 minutes. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's it. But even these 20 minutes, it's, it's a long. lot of preparation. Yeah, and yeah. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it's long. Yeah. So, um, and she edits it. Right. So the, the uh, this this person is extremely successful and he's a great guy and so on. When when he talks, he's a lot of you know full of uh, right, hesitations yeah. and yeah, so on. Yeah. So in a podcast, this is oh, those are brutal to take out. I, I <laughs> I'm sorry. I think I will make some of it. <laughs> I'm glad you're back here. Yeah, thank you. I'm also glad to be back in uh, in uh, in Dubai and in a studio. <laughs> <laughs> Should we start this and then we'll just you know we'll just keep you know, the the sort of my plan of attack is catch up a little bit. Right. Just what have you been doing? Because you've been all over the place. And yes. And it's nice that you're back here. 
and then jump into femtech then jump into exactly what you're doing because i just think it's so cool and I, I i was talking to a few people about you know you talk menopause is not a topic that comes on to anyone's conversation <laughs> yet you know my wife is in that age group my friends are in that age group and or you know they're they're postmenopausal and you know hot flashes, boot swings, and all sorts of gajillion of things. No one's talking about it. Mm. No one's talking about it, and this is exactly why I decided to tackle the topic. Yeah, uh, because it's much needed. It's totally underserved, yeah. and it concerns uh, women yeah. and men. Yeah. And I thought that, for, to me, that became that big thing. Because I'm thinking, hold on, I got to live with these women. <laughs> and, and I mean, it, I mean there, there's, there's, there's the laughing side, right? But there's also the empathy side. And how can I help? And how can I be a more supportive husband or friend or, or, or? And I think we just kind of forget about that stuff. And it's like, well, I mean, hold on a second. Yeah, yes, that's and what, I... Uh, that's women's stuff. I don't want to talk about that. I think that you will learn one thing or, or two uh, during <laughs> this podcast because it is indeed, and so far it is uh, indeed on how to deal with uh, with menopause as a woman as, and as a partner yeah. and the family. <coughs> uh, but, uh, but men do also go through menopause. Really? They do. My, uh, my wife was accusing me of that the other day. I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm like almost having this hot flash. And she's going, are you hot? And I'm going, I'm sweating. I'm, I'm boiling. She goes, I'm freezing. And, and you know, it is getting warmer in Dubai, but it's not hot. <laughs> it, is, uh, it is a fact. And it right. is uh, a fact that is not well known. Uh, but um, I mean, now we start to talk about it uh, much, much more. But, uh, but uh, men like women are just human beings and hormones... Uh, do uh, uh, drive our bodies yeah. and control our manage our bodies, and uh, and you also do have a hormonal decline, and the symptoms mm -hmm. and so on are very similar to women. But we'll talk about that later <laughs> yeah. because I see your look now. You're like, oh, is a question tag over your I can head. See it. It's like, oh, there's a question. <laughs> but, but but I mean, our podcast, just like everything, it's it's. Longer is always better. So, you know, you just keep talking and we'll, we'll find it. But let's get started because this will be a lot of fun. Are you ready to go? Ready. Okay, let's do it. Here we go. All right, here we go. It's catching up time, which means I am sitting down with someone that I've, I've run into over the last several years. Maybe we lost touch. Maybe we didn't. Maybe I just never went to any of the Christmas parties I got invited to. <laughs> <laughs> the list goes on and on and on. Farah Demuni Jashinmal is joining me here on Catching Up. And this is actually fun because we go way back. We do. And, and we just kept bumping into each other. Yes. You know, here and there, here and there. And you reached out the about a, about a month ago and said, hey, I know you're doing a podcast and I'm doing something really cool. And it's like, hold on. You reach out to me, but just, you know, check mark comes out right away. <laughs> Two, you're doing something really cool. Well, you know, you always are doing something really cool. So I'm thinking this can only be really interesting. And then without even looking at what it was that you were doing, it's cool. I'm starting to imagine, right? I'm, I'm dreaming things up in my head going, you're always doing what something. What can she do? What is she doing now? <laughs> really wondering. <laughs> and then when, then when I saw it. And I, you know, started looking at the webpage and then I started going to the app and I started looking around and started doing a little research. I just went, wow, mm. wow, wow. <laughs> so welcome to Catching Up and, and we are going to catch up and we're going to learn all about Femtech and I'm, I'm actually really excited to learn a little bit about, I am 
Yamano. Ah, Yamano. 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 Yeah, I think it's the easiest way. Let's uh, say Yamano. Okay. Uh, so we're going to learn about how you decided to get into this sphere and start up this whole interesting conversation really it's a huge conversation yes and and you sort of set me straight in as we were catching up just at the start here that it's it's also about men there's there's a, a male side to it but it's it's very interesting and it's it's a conversation around menopause so yeah we're gonna have a lot of fun Farah, welcome <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you as i was saying earlier i'm very happy to uh, to kind of be back to dubai i think that the covid uh uh, COVID made it happen, actually. Okay. Um, you know, being locked down in, uh, in Europe is not an easy thing. So yeah. I had to come back to, uh, to the sunshine and to <laughs> the energy of Dubai, I have to say. Really? Uh, and also being in an environment where you feel like uh, the, the, the virus is actually uh, kind of controlled. Yeah. I mean, I know the numbers are up and so on, but it, it feels definitely more contained and more managed than, yeah. than in Europe where... You know, yeah. I mean, I don't well, know if I, you've been I, to Europe recently. No, I haven't been to. So look, we we went back to Canada at Christmas time, and I had to quarantine. So you know, you come into Canada, and this was before the mandatory quarantine, but you had to do a uh, a fourteen day homestay where you couldn't go out and you were checked on every day and and that kind of thing. But so the closest I've been to Europe is we transited through Charles de Gaulle. Right. But we didn't leave Charles de Gaulle. We, you know, it was literally, we went and sat in the lounge and then got on another plane and left. And, and it's, it's interesting when you, so, I, so first of all, we have not traveled really in, in any sense. But it's interesting when you talk about the numbers and you talk about the management of those numbers. And you, know, you look at the numbers and, and they're always in a, they're about a, a couple thousand and change here in the UAE. And we're a little bit dated, but they're, that's what they are. But the, the thing is, when I look at those numbers, you look at how many tests they're doing. Mm-hmm. So if you get... You know, 2,500 cases a day and you're doing 200,000 tests in a day, I'm kind of going, wow. Whereas when I look at, I looked at France yesterday and I think it was 25,000 cases a day, but they were only doing about 50,000 tests in a day, which means in my mind, I'm going, if you're getting that many cases with that few tests... It's brutal. Yes. That's, yes. That's really a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. And uh, I mean, you know, like populations are, um, you know, like the virus population in France, uh, especially uh, people don't want to get vaccinated. People right. don't like to go and get tested. Uh, fortunately, uh, testing is now free in France. Oh, but good. it's not the case in the UK, for example. Oh, yeah. Okay. In the UK, you have to pay and it's not cheap. To, to get tested? It, it, I, I got tested in Canada. I had to pay, but there is a, a, a no-pay side of it. But if you need to pay, like for me, for traveling, it cost me $200. Yes. <laughs> it's like, what? Yes, it's, uh, well, it's just, um, I decided really, I decided to, to leave the, uh, the, the, the constantly changing uh, regulations, laws, and, yeah. you know, one day in the media, something is said, the other day, it's something else. Uh, yeah. One day, there's a curfew at six. And then the other day, it's fine. You can celebrate Christmas and New Year. <laughs> it's uh, it's just sounds yeah. so um, it's it's contradiction, right? Yeah. So I decided to uh, to to come back to uh, to the desert <laughs> <laughs> and have my peace of mind um, because indeed here you are in the outdoors most yeah, of the yeah. time, and uh, and people do respect the what is decided. So yeah, um, yeah it just feels better to be here. 
I, I loved what you said coming back to a little bit of, of ideas and people are, are thinking about things and, and energy. As, yeah. As much as yes. COVID has had this dampening effect on so many things, it's also had an innovating effect and people are kind of looking at their situations going, hold on, we've got, we're now at home more. We're now eating differently. We're now exercising differently. What are the opportunities? And, and, and look, I, I'm not going to paint a rosy picture of everything because there are some industries that have been hit really, really hard. Talking to a taxi driver yesterday, he says, it's brutal for me as a taxi driver. There's no tourism right now or limited tourism. I don't have business. Yeah. And, and so there are industries that have, have taken a hit and there are other industries that are suddenly growing. And I think that opportunity as you're, as you're speaking about is something that, that really flourishes in the Emirates. And, and I, you know, I was thinking right back to when we first met and I remember Mokhtoum Bridge, we're at the studios of <laughs> Dubai Eye and I was doing Nightline and that was the era where Sticky Fingers was running some stuff and we That's had Tom true. Ricard doing the sports stuff and you would come in once a week and do a French music show and, and French music and I guess current events and stuff that was everything. going. Everything, it was yeah. everything. <laughs> <laughs> current news, financial, inter live interview with a, with a francophone, French-speaking person yeah. here, you know, like launching products or talking about interesting projects and so on. And uh, and yeah, and it was live. And you know, we were talking about having a grid, like yeah. coming <laughs> in the studio, being very organized in your head and knowing that every 10 minutes is... Yeah. Uh, is uh is planned and it was exactly that yeah oh, really? it was the french uh the french show yeah uh, that was the very first show i had on on dubai and then i had a show with you yes where i was your guest yes <laughs> <laughs> that was more business oriented yeah, and yeah. Uh, and startups it yeah. was all about smes and how to um how to uh, to talk about them and see like what what are the new businesses in dubai and how they were reviewed yeah. Well, which was just part and parcel of this this innovative thinking in that this radio station would allow me to just sort of, you know, switch around my programming on on a dime and say, hey, you know what, right now there's a lot of talk on startups. Let's have that. Let's, let's you know, Narain would come in and we would talk about magazines. He would send me, you know, we'd do it every, I don't know how often we did that show, every couple of weeks. He'd send me a stack of magazines and we'd talk about magazines. Like, who does a show like that? <laughs> it was almost a precursor to podcasting <laughs> happening on on nightly radio. And, and but you, you were constantly, while well, you were on air, but then off air as you were doing startups and you're doing things, you're always doing innovative things. You're always looking at these great ideas and how can you start them going? What motivates you to it, do that? Like what's going on in your DNA? <laughs> what have I missed? <laughs> I think you used the right word. I think it's DNA because yeah. uh, as far as I can remember and my very first job, like freshly graduated, uh, was in a company uh, that was uh, pioneering a sector in Europe and it was the telco, the telecom right. sector. Yeah. And I do remember... You're dating yourself now. People are going, hold on, what, you, what, you, what, you what, years, are we, what years are we talking here? <laughs> the telco sector. <laughs> yes, well, well, I have no problem talking about my age. <laughs> uh, but yes, and, then, and it was the, 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 the very beginning of startups. And yeah. I do remember perfectly when I was talking with my friends back then, um, and when I was telling them that I was joining this this startup in the in the telecom sector, while all of them were joining the likes of uh, of Louis Vuitton, LVMH, and Accenture, or you know these yeah, huge yeah. groups, 
um, they, they told me, but Farah, you're like, what are you doing? You're yeah. really, seriously, you're serious. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, yes, actually, like the, the, the market in Europe in telecommunications is being deregulated. And it's now, it's now the time or never a lot of opportunities will arise. And this company actually set the, the, the way to, to, to what we know now. Like uh, you take your phone, you yeah. use WhatsApp to make calls or, or Facebook or whatever. Uh, we, we did start that. We did start voice over IP in Europe. Which is crazy. Yeah. And, uh, and so it was, I was already working in a very uh, innovative company and I did spend my time educating people about what I was doing because, mm. you know, in parties, you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. okay, what are you doing? Yeah. And so this person says, I work in this company, very famous and another person. And I was like, yeah, you know, I work in this startup doing this and people would look at me with like a big question tag <laughs> <laughs> on their on their face and uh, but the thing it was it was the beginning of something big because yeah. then the telecom sector just exploded with uh, the development of technology and and smartphones and uh, and the startup company that I joined where we were six became became one of the like biggest success uh, uh. in Europe, uh, successful company. So, um, so yeah, so it's uh, like I can, when I think about DNA and innovation, it's really there in me since a very long time. And I always, somehow, it's not calculated, <laughs> really. It's always, I'm interested by um, things. I mean, I'm interested by specific things. And it just so happened that a few years later, they become quite big. Um, the, the so do you almost find that you you travel with your gut? You go, you know, when you see, I mean, there's when you look at the landscape right now, like we're in Dubai, and you if you sit down at at any of the the meeting sites and you know hotel lobbies and things, there's all sorts of people who who are really trying to get their ideas going. There's a lot of noise. You seem to be able to focus out of that noise. Is it going with your gut and, and saying, "Hey, this is what I'm really interested in," and someone says, "Well, why would you be interested in telecom?" and says you know what, I'm interested in it. I'm going to see how far it goes. And then I'm going to decide what, what's next. Yes. Do you yeah, think that's it, what it is? It is the gut. Uh, because uh, somehow my decisions, and it is totally being aligned with, with my gut. I have to say that I'm someone who is very uh, inquisitive by nature. And I like to, to be informed and to, to learn about many different things. Mm. So I have that, uh, that, that mind, that open mind. So... Um, uh, when I started my career, <laughs> it was going against the wave. Uh, when I did, did you get a lot of resistance from family and friends and even people when you were coming out of education, professors and stuff going, Farah, what are you doing? Uh, family, absolutely not. Okay. My family is extremely supportive and they, uh, they do trust my decisions, okay. which is fantastic. Yeah. But it was more the, the, the peers, the, yeah. the friends and uh, uh, really telling me, what are you doing? You're I breaking said, the mold. You're, so, you're, yeah, you're so getting really out of their comfort. Zone. Yeah, you're like this misfit or this, uh, uh, you, you just want to do things differently. And I'm like, yeah. no, it's just very, very interesting. And that experience was, uh, was my school of life. I actually ah. call it my school of life because I learned so much and it was just so amazing at a very young age. Uh, okay, now you can be 20 years old and be a CEO and founder, yeah. but back then it was not the case. Uh, at a very young age, I had 
incredible responsibilities. I was doing incredible things. And when I compared my age group or my friends and yeah. I, some of them were still in university studying medicine. Some others were working as, you know, like ju uh, junior managers in huge corporations. And I was there working in that startup um, that nobody knew about, and it was B2B anyway, uh, but doing incredible things and learning every day and being involved in really important stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's really like gut uh, aligned. So when you, you fast forward, because you've had lots of, when you, you look at the start and then you look at all the space in between, you, you've done so, when, when do you decide... If you, if you kind of think about it, when do you decide, all right, I'm working on this startup. The startup has started to get to the point where it's maintaining itself. When do you personally decide, okay, you know what? I'm, it's time for me to move on. How, how do you decide that? Uh, it does happen. Um, there's two, uh, two options. Uh, the first one is um, I'm not learning anymore. Mm. I'm not learning anymore. And for me, there's uh, nothing worse than that, than going to an office and uh, just sitting all day and being, what am I doing today? Yeah. Like, how am I spending my day except like executing some things that I've done and yeah. done and done? And, and right? nothing against that because there are, we need people of to course. do that. And there are people who are very happy with that that role yeah we're just it's different personalities yeah. right and you want that person because once you've started something i mean i've been in the startup organizations and now i'm in the mature part of the organization or the middle part heading towards that mature phase and and i find myself asking those questions all the time i'm kind of going i'm, I'm really a startup person in a mature business <laughs> and the fit's not good for me right now and it's like, okay, I got to think about things. So, I, I mean, you obviously, at least you think about it and you act on it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the same. And I was always uh, lucky. And I know uh, yeah. uh, that's, uh, th I mean, I'm grateful for that. I was always in a position where I could, I, I could mm. take the decision to, okay, okay I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit this company. It was always after a few years, of yeah. course, and, uh, and, and do something else. But then... What am I going to do? And it always needs to align to what I want to learn and what I like doing. Mm. And um, um, so this is how um, I've done a few things indeed. Uh, there was the telecom <laughs> uh, telecom phase of my life, yeah. uh, which, um, I mean, where I really I learned a lot. And I don't have an engineer background or a tech background, right? So I what, have what, to... So what is your background? I, I studied business and right. Japanese. Okay. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, was, uh, I was... I mean, my life was supposed to go to Japan and start working for multinationals, uh, right. making business yeah. between Japan and France, Okay. right? And Good. right at the time where I graduated and I already had my plan set and put in motion where I was supposed to go to Japan and, uh, and as a young, like fresh graduate uh, work in an art gallery and yeah. teach French to a, to a Japanese actress kabuki okay. actress and so on um, at that time I got this offer of joining this startup yeah. so it was a, a life uh, changing that's a moment big one. I mean, that's, yes. a, that's like a huge that's a boulder drop I'm going in the opposite direction yes yes it's either you're it at the gate to the <laughs> aircraft and you're going you know what no I'm not doing it exactly so um, uh, 
I had to think very seriously about it yeah. because it is two different uh, yeah. uh, journeys. It's either I go to Japan and my life is set over there and God knows what <laughs> life I would have had now. Um, and, uh, and either I stay in Paris and I join this company, but it just sounds so interesting. And then yeah. like, I, was, I was drawn to it. Okay. Um, so I decided to do that and with yeah. no regrets. Okay. You know, I, when I take a decision, usually it's after... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of thoughts, <laughs> a lot of thoughts, <laughs> and I'm and I'm f and I'm fine with it. And it was uh, it was my school of life. It was really amazing. Yeah. So after this time in the telecom sector um, came a time, uh, but it goes with age as well, right? right. So I'm like, okay, I want to do something, something else, something different. Um, what do I need in my life right now? What do I want to do? What can I do? Yeah. Uh, how much do I want to work as well? And yeah. in what what field? Um, and this uh, brought me to about four years ago. I joined this um, this incredible, incredible foundation. Uh, it's in the philanthropic sector. Um, so that's a nice change because you've got you know the lots of space in between. But you went from that you went from that very you know telco engineering kind of thing. But you're a business person, and 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 then finally in the last four years you find yourself in philanthropy well in between i had oh, uh, yeah. the new york times <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> the new york times in the region yeah. i also uh, I, I was also the ceo of a, the, of a um, uh, digital marketing agency international yeah. so i was traveling a lot between yeah, beirut yeah. barcelona london and dubai uh, i also created my own venture uh, right. which was voila dubai i don't yeah. know if you yeah, remember well, i do i do remember uh, that that yeah. was a long time ago and it was supposed to be uh, the equivalent of yelp Right. for uh, businesses here in the region. And uh, then nicely, uh, Twitter and Facebook came in the picture and totally crushed my business. But <laughs> <laughs> you learned something. Of course. Of course, these are all, um, these are all uh, uh, life uh, learning experiences and professional experiences. And yeah. all of these, I mean, I took something positive, uh, good lessons, positive lessons yeah. about all of this. And, uh, and that makes who you are, right? right. You, you accumulate that and yeah. you get better uh, better, and also you're more enriched yeah. by, uh, by your knowledge. So uh, after, um, after all of this, yeah, four years ago, I wanted to, um, to, um, to incorporate or to include in my life positive impact. Uh, okay. Um, that's, I wanted that's, what, that's, that's a big... I mean, it's always there, the positive impact, but to v consciously say... Positive impact is now something I'm very interested in. And as you said, maturity uh, in, in your business context, in your projects, in your thinking, in all that cumulative experience, that's big. Like, yes. It's really huge. Yes, but um, uh, indeed, uh, people would tell me as well, like, it's a big change. I mean, you've been in tech and you've yeah. had these C-level uh, positions and all of that. And now you want to, to go into philanthropy. <laughs> and philanthropy <laughs> was also a word that was carrying... Yeah. You know, when you think of philanthropy, you think of Bill Gates. Exactly, something heavy. Yeah, you know, like white male, so, older. Uh, exactly, uh, the, 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 I get that. That's the picture <laughs> I'm getting. You know, look, the, the Gates Foundation. There, there's two Gateses, but I never think of his wife. You know, but she's. It, it's, yeah, like the, uh, the the philanthropy à la papa. That's how we call it. Ah, uh, the, there we go. Uh, in, in France, and uh, and I was like, yeah, but no, it's not that type of philanthropy. Uh. I met this guy who is. Um, like who is going into philanthropy 2.0, right? Okay. It's really uh, refreshing this word. It's doing it differently. It's not just for old 
rich uh, uh, men, uh, you can be a philanthropist. You, ah, okay. me, everybody can be a philanthropist. A company can be a, a f- philanthropic. And the whole thing about about uh, about that company was to um, to create new giving concepts. So ah. a new style of philanthropy. It was creating a new generation of philanthropists okay. and how also the corporate sector uh, can become more actively involved in that act of giving. That mm. was not just about signing a check yeah. at the end of the year. Because when I think philanthropy, I just think, hey, I'm going to give millions of my earnings. And so it, 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 it's an eliminator. Yeah. Whereas but, you're, yeah. you've opened up the doors. Yeah, totally. Oh, interesting. Totally, totally. And I was the head of innovation at Epic, and um, my work was essentially uh, working with uh, with corporations, and um, and it was a project I'm the most proud of is uh, working with uh, Société Générale, for example. Okay. And Société Générale, what we did was was uh, revolutionary in, in a sense, and they got the award of the best innovative uh, initiative um, uh, in the UK two years ago, two or three years ago now. Uh, And basically it was in their Forex department, every transaction, so every transaction that uh, Société Générale, which is this huge bank, would have with their clients, corporate clients, will a part of that transaction will be redirected to some social organizations ah, and NGOs. What an interesting idea. So it's giving back, but giving back every day. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's sustainable because we're going to use that transaction service and wow. Exactly. And and so as uh, being the the head of innovation of that Epic Lab, we called it the Epic Lab, a lab in philanthropy, you know, already just that is like, what? A lab in (laughs) philanthropy? Yes. I just spend my time doing a lot of education, whatever I'm doing, actually, trying to explain what I'm doing. I mean, that's from from day one. Like, you go back, it's like, well, this is why I'm doing it. This is why it's important. This is why you need to think about it. This is, yeah, you're really an educator. At the end of the day, Farah, you're an educator. Uh, Probably I would have become like like a teacher. (laughs) I don't know. Um, but yeah, a lot of education and the same thing. I would get the same looks in the beginning, yeah. like philanthropy, really? Or how boring? You know? <laughs> no, no, it's not. And poor you. Uh, oh, poor you. Poor <laughs> you've really lost it now. Okay. <laughs> and the thing is that it just uh, paved the way. And now everybody is about social impact, positive yeah. impact. How yeah. can I contribute as an individual or as a company, right? Uh, social impact, positive impact become in Europe yeah. uh, and uh, and it's just like so uh, nice and uh, and um, and beautiful to feel like you're part of the, of the beginning of that you know you actually yeah. planted the seeds in your own way of course right yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and so yeah so that was my uh, my last uh, my last experience but going to philanthropy it was not like I didn't wake up a morning thinking <laughs> I'm gonna do philanthropy because I feel like Philanthropy and giving back was always there for me. I've always, um, I was involved here when I was full-time here in Dubai with the Dubai Autism Center. I was involved with a women's shelter. I uh, traveled a lot to Africa for my my telco work. (laughs) And over there, I was exposed to tons of things, you know, between Africa, India, uh, North Africa. And that was always there. So waking up in the morning and deciding I'm going to get into philanthropy was not just You're like... Al- a you were already in philanthropy. Yeah. 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 I was, it, it was there, but I just wanted to mix this, combine this with my business skills. Mm. So my thing was then, okay, like, 
where can I go to, to be yeah. able to work and having this, these two things combined. And I found the Epic Foundation and it was just amazing. Like the past four years were, were incredible. Incredible, truly. <laughs> and you're like you're beaming. You've got this amazing smile. It's just kind of like I can just I can just see you kind of reliving moments. In, in, it's, it's on your face. You're, it's like a, a, it's a camera going and rewind, and then there's this. And then we, I mean, it's, uh, same. You know, it's exactly for me the same as uh, when I uh, started in that uh, telco startup. It's just the projects were amazing, yeah. and we 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 finalized and we put out there. Um, um, like pro products and services, of course, in combination with multinationals like huge corporations uh, that were revolutionary yeah. and that are now evolving in something bigger and even more beautiful. And, and yeah, so yes, I do smile when I talk about it because it was a beautiful time of my life. So what led to your most recent activity where where what's what's the bridge? what What happened in your thinking that said, okay, it's time? To start something else. Yes. Uh, well, uh, talking about uh, um, talking openly about age, I am a woman who is over forty. <laughs> I <No>. said, <laughs> um, I'm over forty and uh, COVID. So it's the combination of the two, yeah, right? It starts to make you think about yourself, right? And, uh, well, and COVID's all about our bodies, and it's all about our mind, and it's all about our our our. our you know, it's a physiological aspect. It's a, a biological aspect. I mean, it starts to get you thinking. Yes, because it's indiscriminate. Well, uh, I started having some uh, some health issues, and uh, and it was very weird because it was light and it was very sudden, mm. and I was really wondering what what was happening, well, what was going on, what is going on in my body. Um, so I, like logically, I do the thing that everybody does, is that you go to Dr. Google. <laughs> and, um, oh, it's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure he's an he's a expert doctor or a good doctor. And, uh, and usually when you go to Dr. Google, the, the, the things that he or it tells you, um, it confuses you. Well, you, you, you basically called a mortician at, after frightens that. Frightens you, yeah. totally. Yeah, Life totally. is over. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in, I'm in the stage of something thanks to Google. When, and, you know, hey, it's great because it's a great resource, but that's the other problem that it's, it's not, when you type in, you know, uh, lightheaded and heart palpitations and you put that all together, you know, you get <laughs> three billion answers and no one's curated them. And some of them are .com. Some of them are from medical sites or gov sites and they're all looking at generalities and you and I then need to process it. And of course we process it with the extreme problem. Of course. <laughs> Of course, and this is why doctors usually don't like when you go to see them and you're like, yeah, but I read online that. <laughs> <laughs> you always get the look like, oh, no. Um, but yeah, I mean, you find tons of, uh, of stuff online that do not correspond to, to, to what you have, actually, and yeah. that uh, makes uh, complete sense. Um, but, um, but then, I mean, little by little, it just came to, yes, ah, I'm, uh, I'm over 40, and uh, I might be starting to experience some uh, symptoms of uh, of menopause, I put the two and two together because, as I told you earlier, yeah. I like to to learn and I'm very curious. And I spend hours, hours researching, yeah. reading different medical studies, research uh, different websites. Uh, um, I mean, 
uh, good ones, not yeah, the, yeah, the sure. main magazine stuff. Uh, and uh, and this is how I put the two and two together, yeah. right? That and I mean, I the first thought in your mind is, I'm too young. I want, I'm just in my 40s. Like, that's... Yes. I'm not my mother. Yes. I'm, and, you know, we remember mothers, we remember grandmothers, we remember this was all happening, and, and we kind of, no, they were old. I'm young. Yeah. Yeah, well. Exactly. Yeah, well. <laughs> people don't talk about these things. People don't talk about these things, and then you go to doctors, and, yeah. and you tell them, um, well, I'm having this, and this, and these symptoms. What can it be? Because that's a normal thing to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they will give you a few options, and you say, but do you think it can be be um, like menopause or perimenopause. No, no, you are too young. Yeah. So you go back home and you put this on the side, right? Yeah. And you think maybe there's something else, but you never have uh, a real diagnosis, mm. diagnostic. Uh, you don't know. You always come back home um, without answers. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and unfortunately, that's uh, that's uh, that's really what's happening. And this is what led me to take my computer one day, I was in lockdown in London, in my apartment, and took my computer and was like, okay, if I had to do something about this now, what would it be? Like, Farah, you going through this, if you had to find a website online, what will it be? And this is how I decided to create Yamino. Wow. That's that was it. That was the start. That was the start, and my computer, di I mean, didn't leave my lap <laughs> since then. <laughs> so, I mean, in in one sense, you've you've got your own, you know, perimenopause happening. You've got lockdown happening. You've got some business startup DNA happening. It's the perfect storm. It uh, it it's definitely what uh, fuels all of this. Like yes, it seems to be once again we're talking about being aligned. Yeah. Uh, and it seems to be completely organic. Mm. Um, I, when I wake up in the morning and I start working, not I never think about oh, what am I going to do today? Am I going to get bored or this? No, I have tons of things to do. I learn a lot. It's related to me, uh, and I also it's my vision. So, you know, that, uh, yeah. that it's like that other layer uh, of, of happiness, <laughs> of enjoyment that you add in your daily life. It's, it's your own. And that makes all the difference. You know, this is going to sound funny, but I, I went to the website and, and I was looking at and it. You know, obviously there's a, there's a wall there because I've got to register in it. But I'm looking at the website. And I'm going, why does this? There, it, it wasn't familiar, but there was a feel on your site. And I'm going, why? What's the feel here? And you know, it, it just it, it just came to me now as I was thinking. You're talking. I'm thinking back to it and the, that look and thing. It reminds me of of the Walla Dubai site. When I've the, the feel of it is the same feel, <laughs> and it, it's it's weird that that launch page. When you go back and think about that launch page that you had there when you started going in, totally different things. Totally. But the feel is the same. Your your instruction on how to put this together, it's the same thing. And I was, I was like, why is that? Why is this? Because I'm looking at it and going, why is this so familiar? And it wasn't familiar, as I just said, in the content. Because, But I said, there's a feel here. Where have I had this feel before? You just answered it for me right it's there. It's just a little bit of me. It's a little it's bit of you. It's a piece yeah. of me. Yeah. <laughs> so so what does it do? What, what, have, what have we got here? Because as you said... Doctors are only human and they're following their prescription and what they've been taught and how things are happening. They, you know, they're, they're human. They, they yes. finished. And, and this is a, is a real life thing that's going on. And as you said, it affects, it, it, it happens and affects so many people. 
So it happens to... 3.8 billion uh, uh, individuals on the planet. Yeah. One woman every second goes into menopause. That's crazy numbers. Uh, every second. That's extraordinary. Uh, it's half the planet. Yeah. Like we're 49.8%. Yeah. Like every woman is going to go through this. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's not a disease. No. It's not it's an just option. An evolution. It is our natural biological yeah. evolution. So why aren't people talking about this more? Uh, th uh, that is a very good question. <laughs> what have you learned? In, I mean, because you've done the research, yes. you've been thinking, why Why do people not, talk, why, you know, not just men and women talk about it, but I, I don't even get the sense, that, I mean, some women do, and I, I, I know those women who are talking about this, but as a, a larger conversation, especially for women as they're, you know, getting into their 40s and someone say, hey, you know, we got to start, you got to start thinking about this because you're going to start knowing, people aren't doing that. Yes. And then when it happens, are you going to, are you going to your friends and saying, oh, you know, I'm having this for this and I'm having this and I'm a little concerned. It, it, we don't bring that up because, you know, it's weakness and maybe I'm actually sick and what my employer, it, what, so what did, what did you discover in your research of why it's not a, not a con common conversation? I, um, there are multiple reasons, right? Uh, and the first one being that uh, menopause is synonym of um, uh, negative, negativity, mm. negative mm. things, negative symptoms, painful, hot flashes. Yeah. It's not portrayed the right way in the medias uh, since like decades, yeah. right? Um, so do you want to talk about negative things? Not really, yeah. right? Yeah. And, um, and by not talking about it, uh, this becomes a, a taboo. You know, ah, there's okay. a lot of silence around it and you're not very comfortable talking about it. The other reason is that we live in societies that until not too long ago were, um, or still actually, um, controlled and managed by men, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, the medical sector, the medical field, research and so on was all mainly men. Um, and usually, what do you study? What do you research? You, um, you want to uh, search things that you relate to in some ways. And right. uh, menopause is something that men don't relate. I it mean, uh, till now, I have to say, till now. <laughs> Because yeah. <laughs> that will be the well, second part. But, you know, and this is something I think you, you bring up a, a super important point is that medicine and, and sort of our modern medicine is pretty new. Like it is not an old thing. You know, yes, there are traditional medicines and there's medicines been around for forever in some way, shape or form. But the modern medicine that we're talking about is pretty new. And absolutely, when you think about med schools and medical training, it's only in the last you know, 20, 30 years even that, that we start to see more women really coming up the ranks and going through that medical training. And really very recently that we, we start to see a much better, you know, equity in male, female uh, studying and, and some of that has to do with STEM and what the, what you know expectations out of high school etc. I mean it's 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 the, the the cards are stacked against women in the world of medicine. Well, um, I mean yeah. yes, the, the reality is that uh, it is and uh, and women's health uh, is uh, is uh, is totally underserved. Yeah. We do um, uh, I mean in general we between men and women we react uh, to products uh, differently. We think about healthcare yeah. differently and we uh, we um, uh, we take care of ourselves differently, right? Uh, we don't have the same needs. But for 
a very, very long time, uh, like historically, we thought that uh, the difference between a man and a female, a male and female body, the only difference was the size and the reproductive um, yeah. function. That's it. Yeah. Uh, but it is not. Like yeah. these reproductive <laughs> functions, like we have hormones, these hormones are, d I mean, we do have as male and female, we do have the same set of hormones, but uh, some are dominant in male and some are dominant in female. But when these, these hormones go down, then uh, there's, there's uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, tons of consequences, physical consequences, but also mind and mental yeah. consequences that do have an impact on your relationships, that do have an impact in your uh, in your work, uh, in your family, in, in everything about you. Mm. And uh, I did uh, read this line not too long ago saying like, a woman's better health is the community's better health. And oh, it's very yeah, true. It makes so, so much sense. And it's very true. But to jump on uh, um, another, another point, uh, did you know, for example, that um, drugs trials, drugs trials yeah. started to be done on women only in the early 90s? No. <laughs> no. 90s? <laughs> in 92, the US Congress has then approved or re-approved, because uh, there's a yeah. longer story, but uh, approved the use of women uh, in drugs trials. It stopped in the 70s, and already they were not really represented, right? But right. it totally stopped in the 70s uh, due to, uh, to, to, to some uh, incidents um, of drug trials, actually. Uh -huh. And in the US, they decided to just um, remove old, uh, old women in childbearing uh, years uh, from drug trials. So wow. you have like a gap of 20, 25 years where every single drug that, would put on the that was put on the market was actually just tried on a male body. Well, that just seems wrong. Right? Like that, <laughs> it doesn't take a scientist to look at that and go, that's wrong. Uh, and uh, well, that's, that's uh, an omission uh, of, of epic proportion. But we're we're quote unquote discovering yeah. this now, and and really putting this into light now, and yeah. talking about it now, um, because indeed, like medication side effects of medications yeah. will be different for 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 a man or a woman. Uh, but that was not the thinking process back then. It was okay anyway. Uh, a female is a mini male, so we're going to try these drugs on on men and and we we just prescribe them yeah. to male and women right um so quite a surprising fact yeah right? so, I, i'm i'm intrigued as as you started uncovering all sorts of information and and you know the, the differences and you're just shaking your head because you're just going oh you, you are, there is so much we can talk about so how, how did how did you go from that thought and you were sitting there and you said you know what i got to do something and opened up the laptop and started the process. So what did what exactly did you create? Um, I created a platform uh, that, um, first of all, uh, educate women, essentially, on perimenopause and menopause uh, and menopause because there is not enough information out there. Mm. As we said earlier, the information that we find is like, 
overwhelming, right? right? And even us, ourselves, women, we don't know what is menopause, right? right? Yeah. Mo the majority of women, when they arrive, when they reach that stage and they start having these health issues, they, they never, never related to menopause. Really? They will go and see doctors, they will come back with medications, but they never, not the doctor, not the woman, will make the link. Mm. So Yameno is all about... Um, um, identification of symptoms, uh, what can you do? It's information, awareness, solutions, basically. Um, we do also have on the platform um, expert-led interventions. Mm -hmm. I do have doctors, uh, like conventional and non-conventional doctors, coming to uh, talk about different aspects. Like it can be like a, ge a gynecologist or a cardiologist okay. uh, or um, endocrinologist coming to talk about their expertise yeah. related to female hormones or a nutritionist, or a, a private trainer, an acupuncturist, yeah. talking about this, because of course it is a crucial part of uh, of the female body. So we do have this, and um, so you have a, you have a resource area where information is yes. is made available in a curated and accessible way. Yes, yeah, okay. curated content, expert-led interventions that are live. Um, it's a social network, so you can, uh, uh, like Facebook, you yeah. you can post. You can okay. like, you can post videos, pictures. Uh, but it's gated, which is the, the lovely chat. part about it. Yes, it's a private site yeah. because, as we said earlier, menopause is uh, still, for a lot of uh, yeah. women, um, uh, taboo. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and a lot of them want to be in a safe space to be able to talk openly about it. Um, and this is why, yeah, it's a gated gated community. You have yeah. to go through a few <laughs> questions before to be approved. <laughs> but uh, but it's great because then you have the feeling really that it is a safe. Yeah. Uh, it's safe. It's ads free. It's uh, it's a data privacy privacy compliant. Um, so when you're in there, you're fine. And then you can open up and and see what other women are talking about and what solutions and tips and videos yeah. and. And, and it's not all about, um, neg it's not negative content at yeah. all. It's information and there's a lot of other like nice little uh, I mean, categories. This, uh, this, is, this is the challenge, isn't it? Because as you said right off when we started this conversation, when you think menopause, you only think all the negative sides and all of the, oh, now my, you know, my life's changing. I, I, you know, I can no longer have kids. And I, you know, it, the list goes on and on and on and on. And that whole negative side becomes predominant, and it's easy to think that you know you get into the, you get into a, a forum like this, and it's just going to be people talking about the negative sides. Oh, you know, and I'm having this problem, and I have that problem. But there's so much more to it, actually, when you think of of our complete life ecosystem, mm. that it's 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 a change. Mm. Yes, it's not a negative thing. It is just a change, and how you deal with it, and how you think about it, and how you interact with it. You make it, it's like propaganda. You make propaganda good or bad. Propaganda is not good or bad on its own. It's how it's being used that makes it good or bad. Propaganda is just information. Well, that's a change that can be really painful, mm. right? Because yeah. it's, not, uh, it's not a switch on, switch off button. It right. doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. And before you actually, before a woman gets into menopause, there's this phase that is the perimenopause. And perimenopause can last up to 15 years. That's before. a long time. Yes, of course. And, uh, 15 years? Yeah, before. 
So you can roughly say that from the age of 35, 40, this is when, uh, this is when your hormone starts declining. And yeah. this, is, uh, this is when uh, here and there you will have some, some you know, light health issues. Like suddenly yeah. you will have some skin allergies or yeah. suddenly you will have some uh, panic attacks or suddenly you will have anxiety. Anxiety yeah. is a big thing during that phase. Yeah. Um, so I can see instantly how someone would get a little concerned. You know, they've got a you know a couple of teenage kids hanging around, and they're doing this, and they're living in you know as an expat maybe or whatever. And suddenly I'm having anxiety. I've got anxiety. I've never had anxiety. What's going on? What's wrong with me? What's <laughs> happening? And and you know, am I going to go talk to my buddies about anxiety? No. <laughs> no, but you will go to your doctor. Yeah, I mean, uh, James. There's so much, uh, so much to say because to uh, you're going to go to the doctor. Yeah, and the doctor is going to say. Well, well, like, how is your life? How is work? Yeah. How is family? Oh, maybe you're too stressed. Yeah. Okay, here's some probably yeah, take, like take this, anti- take a few of these. Exactly, antidepressants. Well, it just so happened that in that age group, uh, 40, 40, 50, um, like if you take women from all uh, age groups, the, the, the group that gets the most like antidepressant prescri- prescriptions is actually women in their 40s oh, no. because they go to doctors, they are tired. Okay, tiredness yeah. is one of the symptoms. It's not even tiredness, it's exhaustion. Right. Right. And you've got no exhaustion. reason, you d- and there's no, you know, you're not out necessarily there's jogging. No you're just doing your normal everyday routines it's that you've sudden. been doing. It's wow. suddenly. It just comes on that, that fast. It's, I mean, it's gradual, yeah, but, but right. really you have, you have a phase yeah. where it's ju- it just hits you, wow. like a brain fog and also the, the, the anxiety. So you go to a doctor yeah. and you say, well, this is what's happening. <laughs> the doctor will prescribe some blood tests, everything will be okay. So, okay, maybe you're too stressed. Here's some antidepressants. Wrong medication. Yeah. So the problem is not, is not about uh, taking antidepressant. The, the root cause is actually your natural hormonal depletion. Right. So the treatment should not be the antidepressants. Yeah. The treatment should be actually HRT. Ah. hormone replacement therapy, okay. right? Uh, so there's tons of misdiagnoses. Doctors, only 20% of doctors... Um, really know a little bit about menopause. 20%? 20%, yes. Well, that's not um, very reassuring. <laughs> you, you, you go in circles. When you're yeah. a woman going through perimenopause with some uh, mild to severe symptoms, perimenopause, so if you're not 50 plus, but you're in your 40s or late uh-huh. 30s, um, you go in circles. You will go to the dermatologist. You will go to the cardiologist. You will go to the GP. You will go at every time like talking about one specific matter, and, and turning turning in circles when the root cause of all of that, uh, most often of course, um, is is your hormonal depletion. Are, are female doctors any more attuned to all this, or does yeah yeah now yeah. now more okay. now more, but uh, until not too long ago, even female doctors really? would be like, okay, well that's okay, maybe it's menopause, that's it. You know, like yeah. as if there's nothing That's that it. can be done. Yeah, it's yeah. menopause. You're just gonna have to live with it. Yeah, exactly. Oh man. And the thing is, um, going through menopause for some women, it's nothing, right? You can. It depends on your metabolism, right? Yeah. Um, the symptoms are going to be very mild. You're not gonna experience like really severe hot flashes or other uh, symptoms. But for others, it's it's intense. 
it's mm. intense and it lasts uh, longer. Um, so, um, but there's this lack of awareness and there's this lack of identification. And, uh, and as a woman, you get lost in all of this and you start thinking that uh, probably something is really wrong mm. with your body and probably you're going to die tomorrow because nobody is yeah. able to do anything about it. So, so the physical leads to a psychological issues and then it's, I mean, I'm, I'm still caught on, you know, you could be in perimenopause for what, like 15 years, then you, you have your menopausal phase and then you have postmenopause too. Yes. So suddenly each of these phases has different things that become important and you need to be thinking about and there's changes and who am I talking to? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so uh, yeah. well, <laughs> uh, in the statistics, um, almost 80% of women say that um, they usually have nobody to talk to when they're going through this phase, wow. which, uh, which uh, of course, is not a, a good statistics because it, uh, it just increases that feeling of isolation. And uh, when you do have this feeling of isolation, then it's, uh, it plays on mental health, of mm. course. Um, yeah. What, what's the response been to to your initiative? It's uh, beautiful. Yeah. It's really. It's That's really a, I love that fantastic. word. What's the response? Beautiful. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I do get a lot of uh, private messages uh, telling me how the platform has actually helped the person a great deal. Um, at this stage, I'm not doing any advertising or so on. It has just been word of mouth. Okay. So I have. Um, several members that are dispatched all over the world, uh -huh. Australia, Canada, the US, uh, South Africa, yeah. <laughs> uh, here in Dubai. And, um, and it's, it's just fantastic so because I sharing. see this. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, uh, not really sharing at this stage, but it's coming on the platform okay. and, and, and... Well, sharing the platform, saying, hey, there's a platform oh, yes. here. Yeah. Go and take, you might find this interesting. This yeah. might be useful for you. Yeah. I think you need to go take a look. And really and really going through the content mm. that we put on the platform. Do you find that's created? Do you find that that is what differentiates a little bit of what you've got happening here with Yomani? Did I say it right? Yomani. Yamino. Yamano. With Yamano. <laughs> it is easy. <laughs> I mean, it's exactly, a, there's a little bit of that Japanese side kind of sound in there too. Yamano. It goes right See, back like to the very beginning. It's connect. like, I know. But the, do you find, and as you just said, you've answered the question, but when people, when, when ladies get to this site, it's suddenly like, wow, th this, is, this is what I needed. Yes, and finally someone's talking about it. Yeah. This is also uh, a big component of that because it's so taboo. Um, and we started talking about that earlier. It's taboo because, uh, because of the changes. The changes are not positive. Um, and also because nobody talks about it. So, you know, it's like, once again, we're going into circle. You go into circle going to doctors. And when it's not with the medical sphere, you go into circle as well because nobody wants to talk about it. Mm. You don't want to talk about it to, to your husband or to your male friends because you know that they, they don't relate. Um, and you're afraid of judgment. Right? Yep, uh, yep. Judgment is a big thing huge, here. Huge. Uh, and I always wonder why. It is a natural <laughs> biological change. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, like, I'm not choosing. Uh, no, it's, <laughs> it's going to happen. Like, it is, it, you know, guys are there and you've got wives, you've got mothers, you got. This will happen. You've got daughters. This will happen. Like, it is It is not a, I opt out. It's yeah. like, no, you, you, you can't. Yes. And also, because nobody talks about it, uh, it has been minimized. Yeah. The symptoms, even the severity of the symptoms have been uh, minimized. There was absolutely um, or very little research 
data innovation coming to uh, to to alleviate the symptoms or mm. to to um, to improve you know these yeah. uh, these symptoms um, so y- you feel stuck as a woman you have these symptoms happening you know around you nothing is done you don't have the resources you don't have the solutions you go to the doctor they don't tell you more than what you already know yeah. so what do i do nothing i yeah. just stay here i stay put and i guess there's also a, a feeling that if i'm going to my doctor you know even if i'm going to my gynecologist and they can't give me any more assistance if the doctor can't do it there's no then point in looking any further because if anyone's going to know about this it's the doctor. Yes. Well, you know what? This is not necessarily a huge part of their training. And I think thinking, you know, I, I think sometimes we over, we, we give doc, I mean, look, hey, don't, don't get me wrong. I love the medical community. Yes, yes, of but, course. But let's remember the whole process of studying and they take a lot of courses and then they go into an internship, uh, you know, the, a residency, we call it, right? And how much time did they spend talking about gynecology, talking about women's issues? in the course of their four years of study. Very little. Like, so far, very yeah, little. Yeah, like maybe a course and maybe a part of a course. Menopause and, especially. Yeah, yeah and, and menopause, well, that might be, well, that was, and, and what if it was the day that you were sick and you missed that class, and so you never did the readings, you never got the resources, and it, it was a question on your boards, but, you know, it's like, what do I really know? I need to answer. I mean, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it is true that to think that nowadays we're 2021, yeah. and to have these conversations, and you know, you you hear about it now, and you're so surprised. Yeah, I told you that uh, drugs trials in '92, uh, or talking about these things, and you're like completely surprised, and yeah. we're all very surprised. Yeah, yeah. it's like how Why is this possible? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Why is it that nothing was was done yeah. before? Half the population is female. Like we're talking half the world. <laughs> this is important to, uh, that's 50%. And that's a reason to make this a priority. <laughs> and and if, if, you know, if, if you're going through this and I'm interacting with you and we're working in business or we're having a chat, I mean, this is going to have an impact on our relationship. I need to know what's going on so that I can be helping you and, and more understanding. And, yes, and, you know it all plays into. But oh, this is man. Why, yeah, this is why this, um, is, this is almost like crisis level for me. I'm going. <laughs> this, I mean, it's it's a silent crisis because this. When you think maturing women, and, and think of anyone who's maturing, but and and half the population is woman, and half the population is going to get to the age of fifty at least, and they're they're female, and that's. That is the biggest time of our lives with our influence in business, influence in education, influence in society, influence with families. And there's a whole set of issues with menopause that we're not really talking about. We don't understand and we haven't integrated into our knowledge base. It's like we're setting ourselves up. Like this is a crisis. I mean, imagine if we just started having the conversation, even in high school, so that, you know, the the guys and the girls know this is coming. If we started having this conversation, how would that change the way we do everything and understand how people are dealing with issues? Yeah, exactly. And uh, what you said, there's many different points here, but the first one is um, indeed in schools, we learn about fertility. We learn about making babies. Contraception. We spend a lot of time on contraception. Yes, and everything else is like... uh, 
gone. You know, yeah, there's yeah. nothing yeah. after that. Um, and um, and menopause is not only for women over 50. Menopause is also for millions and millions of women who are in their 20s, yeah. uh, teenagehood, 30s, 40s, because there is such a thing as early menopause, um, which is in uh, medical terms called uh, premature ovarian insufficiency, mm-hmm. because all the ovaries are like any other right. organ in the in the body, right? They can be they can not work. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have tons, and this, this when you look at the stats, actually, it's kind of worrying because there are tons of young girls who are now uh, diagnosed with POI, right. and they are 15, they are 21, they are 25, and they are or- they are already menopausal. Right, you so this is and so they think they're broken. They don't understand what's going on, and and you go to the doctor, then go. It's impossible. You have menopause. That's just not possible. Maybe they didn't read that that Lancet Journal article, right? That's talking about this. It's becoming more and more public now, but uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that these poor uh, girls, when they were trying to find out what was happening, and would go to some doctors, and especially if you you're not lucky to be near a good doctor who is knowledgeable about this. Then it's, you know. Um, so there's early menopause. There's also a woman after giving birth. Um, very often, you know, you will have the hyster- hysterectomies. Yeah, yeah. Hysterectomies, it's the number one surgery performed on women. Um, with a hysterectomy, straight after that, you're going into menopause. Mm. Like it's, you know, so yeah. and a hysterectomy can happen at any age. You can have your first child and then your pelvic floor and it is, everything goes. So the doctor thinks that you have to, to, to get rid of it. Um, you also have uh, laparoscopies, I mean, surgeries, yeah, yeah. different type of surgeries that affect this area that can also lead you to menopause. Mm. So menopause is not just a woman who is 55 years old. Right. Menopause can be a woman who is 20 and a model uh, she can be 35 and a very successful uh, businesswoman I mean it's uh, it's um, menopause have different has different faces it's frightening actually I mean it's it's frightening I mean it's it's, it's great life. it's I mean, it's it's life and it's just like I I'm frightening in that why don't we know about why are we not talking yeah. about this yeah and it I imagine how many People have gone in, like you said, I've gone in for laparoscopic surgery for something and it has triggered menopause. And I don't know. And I'm I'm a woman and I don't know. And I don't know why I'm feeling like this and why I've got this anxiety and why I feel exhausted and and what's going on with me. And And no one's... Man, this yeah. is what a what an opportunity to sort of open our eyes and have that discussion and say, hmm... I'm going to join, you know, there's a group out there now. <laughs> you, you've got the group. I mean, there are lots of menopausal, there are lots of different ways you can, you can hit on menopause. And I'm not going to say that you're the only group out there, but you're, but you're, you're one that is really trying to, to hit this issue from a very inclusive Yes. Framework. Yes, yes. I now describe uh, Yameno as a femtech company. I know you were very interested by this. I was. Uh, I was looking at some <laughs> numbers. I, I, I actually, I actually went in and I was looking at some numbers that uh, Forbes had published because I was just, I just liked the word, right? And I thought femtech. Yeah, I thought, man, femtech. <laughs> why are we not thinking about this? And one of the numbers they came up to twenty twenty five. It's estimated that the value of femtech industries will be fifty billion dollars. A year 
this uh, yes. industries that looked at improving uh, yeah. the lives of women. Yeah. 50 billion a year, so, 2025. That's four years from now. <laughs> Femtech is, um, is, uh, is actually busting all the taboos around, uh, about around a woman's health and mm. oneness. It's, uh, it's a term that, uh, I mean, it's female technology, right? Yeah. At the same, usually when I say I yeah, work in Femtech, people are like, what, Fintech? Or like, yeah, no, yeah. not yeah, Fintech. Yeah, Fintech. <laughs> Fintech, you mean Fintech? No, no, Femtech. Uh, F- femtech like uh, edtech like insurtech like uh, you know like yeah, this, there's a lot of tech uh, of course yeah and uh, it's a term that um, that was created the first time it was pronounced uh, it was in 2016 so it's just oh, so yesterday it's brand new it's brand new yeah. by uh, Aida Tin who oh, uh, okay. is the founder of the very first quote-unquote femtech venture and she created uh, a few years ago this app called Clue uh, that Clue. is a, a peer tracking app. Oh, okay. Right? Um, and uh, so, the, and during a, a tech conference, she actually called her venture as a like female technology like femtech. And this is when actually the word ah. um, uh, was born. And it uh, just describes the technology yeah. uh, that addresses all these uh, this, uh, women's issues uh, around uh, yeah, fertility, peer tracking, pregnancy, lactation, pelvic floor, all the things yeah. that are related to this specific woman's uh, need. Um, in terms of forms, it can be wearables, mm. uh, it can be mobile apps, uh, it can be self-care gadgets, it can be technology-enabled so services. Of course, of course, like yeah. a woman, <laughs> woman's health is <laughs> <laughs> huge. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, and I, I actually prepared a, a, a list of some te- femtech companies. All right. uh, if you want to, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. to listen to that, because it's, um, it's, it's just uh, staggering the level of innovation that is happening, and it's just recent. It basically started two years ago. It's brand right? new. Yeah, it, so it hasn't even made it into the textbooks at universities yet. I mean, it's that new when we're talking business and technology and how you communicate about it. It's brand new. Yeah, yeah. it is. It is brand new, and it is. Uh, uh, it gets. Uh, it is getting a lot of interest uh, from uh, VC funds, from investors, mm. and so on, because there is a real need, and need is actually the source of innovation. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, I was. Uh, I did mention Clue, uh, which is this uh, period tracking, uh, period tracking app, uh, and the thinking process behind that is very easy. Like this woman, Ida Tin, um, realized that there was very little innovation in family planning methods uh, since the peel. Mm. Right. Yeah. Uh, we do have on a daily basis like this super powerful computers in our pocket and she was why don't we use that to actually track the cycle our cycle and see when 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 it's possible right the the first time i heard of that whole idea was with fitbit maybe three years ago when they built it into their you know there's a whole femtech arm of it and it's like you know we're going to track it we're going to track you and you're going to you're going to know we're going to help you make it easy to track this wow that's really cool yeah yeah exactly exactly and uh well because clue set set uh, set the way to this type of thinking process because i do remember that a few years ago when uh uh, apple released apple health yes uh, that was supposed to also measure some uh, some major like health uh, matters uh, your steps but not only that like your sodium intake your heartbeat and so on, then we realized that actually um, they were like there was nothing trackable uh, regarding to women's health. Yeah. 
Big uh, omission there. Uh, yeah, exactly. Tells you, tells you who the people were working on all this stuff. A bunch of guys who are thinking, why would that be of interest to anyone? Yeah. Uh, yeah, you need to have a diverse community of programmers and innovators in your company. That's why you need to have that. There's... And the thing is that the, the, the cycle for women is crucial, right? Mm, mm. Same thing, only very recently, it was officially um, uh, designed as the fifth vital sign. Really? Right? We do have, in general, like four yeah. uh, vital signs, which are the uh, respiratory uh, respiration rate, uh, the blood pressure, the body temperature, and the pulse rate. Yeah. And for women, the fifth vital sign is the cycle. Because wow. our cycle tells a lot yeah. about our health. Yeah. It's uh, the regularity, the length, the, the everything yeah, yeah. about the cycle yeah. can actually tell a lot about what's happening in our health. So it's it's crucial. Yeah. It's really like crucial. Like why isn't this being tracked? Why isn't this information being put together <laughs> so that you can keep track of it and sort of say, I mean, imagine if you, you have this information, which we do now, and but not everyone's using it or not engaging with it. But imagine you're, you're not feeling well and you go to your, you go to your, your gynecologist and you say, look, here's, here's my data and they can look and say well look oh we're, we're noticing something what's happening here where we've got flow level down and you know it's much shorter and what what's going on here you have this happening consistently over a year on these times what's happening at this point and I mean, yeah imagine. our cycle is the very first um, um like a, a health indicator it's as easy as that. Yeah. It's super regulated when it is not, and when something else is happening, means that something is happening in our body. Yeah. It's as there easy as that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Clue, um, Clue is super successful now. Uh, millions, millions of users in many different countries. Uh, they were able to raise like $30 million to date, which is great, but... Okay, like there's this thing in femtech where we're okay, we're we're um, uh, um, we have the interest of investors, right. uh, but and there there are there were more investments done in women's health over the past few years, but still it's not enough. We yeah. need much more than yeah. that. But for uh, an app like Clue to 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 raise that amount, it's uh, it's great. Another uh, company, Bloomer Tech. Bloomer Tech is an uh, is an Asian uh, startup that is actually. Listen to this. Integrating, integrating washable fabric sensors. All right. Right. With machine learning capabilities in a bra that provide continuous heartbeat monitoring. Huh. That's cool. It's cool, but it's also <laughs> vital and it's wow. essential. Yeah, it's yeah. essential because it's a, it's a, a smart uh, bra providing medical grade data. And wow. why is it essential? It's um, heart disease, heart attack is also the number one reason why women die in the mm. world. And it goes, it's pretty, that's a pretty silent one with women. It comes on and, and you know, it, it manifests very different with men. Exactly. Exactly. Which goes back to I that. I was about <laughs> to ask you a tricky question, but you, <laughs> you got me here. What are the signs of a heart attack? <laughs> what are the signs of a heart attack? Um, you can have shortness of breath. You can have elevated blood pressure. You can have temperature issues. You can have things happening on one side of your body. You can have arrhythmia. Those are some that come to my mind. Yeah, exactly. Well, the image that before to know all of this, the image of a heart attack that I had in mind was the one that I saw on TV, yeah. which is someone having a sharp pain, the uh, and then and then yeah. on the left arm, right. thinking that you have this uh, this uh, left yeah. arm pain. A little bit of indigestion, maybe. Uh, which, <laughs> <laughs> which is actually true because yeah, yeah. these are the symptoms uh, that do happen, but they do happen 
in a male body. Yeah. Not for women. A mm. heart attack in women uh, shows up completely differently, and it's indeed it's uh, it's fatigue, it's uh, it's nausea, it's coughing, mm. uh, it's shortness of breath. So a lot of women in 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 speci- whatever age actually go to doctors or go to emergencies feeling that way, and they're sent back home yeah. with uh, treatment that is not the right one, and they end up dying uh, yeah. not too long after that because it was a heart attack but it was not diagnosed as a heart attack. Mm. Why? Lack of knowledge. Yeah. Lack of knowledge, lack of data, lack of research, lack of treatments. Wow. Right? Wow. So, um, it was uh, amazing. So this, this smart fabric with sensors in a bra that records everything, I mean, it, it doesn't get any easier than that. It just, it's just feeding it right into the app and away you go. Yeah. Wow. And this is happening. This is happening now. This is that level of innovation of ideas of wow. tech uh, using. No guys going to think of that because they're not guys. Don't wear bras, so they're you know they're not thinking. <laughs> Hold on, this is you know women typically you know I don't know what statistic for women don't wear bras, but that smart fabric that is that they're wearing as a top also I mean that that's. Of course, everyone's wearing them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And why not using this yeah. uh, this uh, this wearable to actually yeah. collect data, collect essential data, right? It's no brainer. Um, we can send men in the moon. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to Mars, <laughs> so, but we're not collecting this data. It's like really. <laughs> <laughs> Which is crucial to have the planet, <laughs> yes. if not more, actually. And hey, we put we you know the UAE put a a satellite around Mars, and what percentage of women are working on that project? Well, we know mm. it's huge. So exactly, yeah, here we exactly. Go. I'm also uh, there's another company uh, called Nice Eye Effect, and I'm I'm very happy to be working with them actually. Oh, cool. And it's this young startup based out of uh, of uh, Houston in Texas, and these mm. are girls also working on a on a. Um, um, like a, a bra that um, that alleviates the hot flashes. Oh, so really? Yeah. So you yeah. know the, the hot flashes, it's a whole like yeah. neurological thing happening where the brain just gets a signal and then um, it, it impacts your body temperature. So that the technology in that bra also detects wow. uh, when when your body is about to have that peak of So you can be ready. And it cools down. Really? Yeah. So it's alleviating. It's not wow, suppressing. It's, it's alleviating. Yeah, it's alleviating the, the symptom. Huh. Um, and we have a few more like this. Uh, another company that I just read about not too long ago, uh, NextGen Gone, um, which is a smart tampon that will analyze the cells and the tissues uh, to, uh, to maybe be able to identify early signs of endometriosis and other health conditions. Wow. Ap- incredible. This is absolutely amazing. Um, or And all these companies are just born like, you know, two years yeah. ago, three years ago. I mean, this, this is, is all brand new. All brand new, but there's a real demand. There's a real need and a real demand. Uh, this French company called Lattice, created in 2017, three years ago, um, which used bioengineering to treat women who have survived breast cancer. Ah. So it's like a 3D printed bioprosthesis uh, that um, so it's basically an implant that enable natural reconstruction by okay. triggering regeneration of the adipose tissue. So women who go through, I mean, who have mastectomies, um, yeah. Yeah, instead of adding this, this like silicone. Ten uh, years. Those, I didn't realize those things have to be replaced every ten years or so. It's not like they're for life. <laughs> no, but I, I mean, I you know, talk about naivety. I was talking to someone the other day and, and they were saying, I, you know, I've got to, I've got to go in and, and, 
you know, I have, have breast surgery. And I'm going, oh, okay, well, what's, and I'm like, well, you're okay? Oh, no, well, I had implants because of some surgery 10 years ago and they got to be changed. And I'm going, what? Yeah, so uh, a surgery and the fact that it's... Uh, yikes. Um, yeah, it that's can come with a lot of symptoms. Well, it's invasive. You're going in, and right. there's like, it's like any million of things could go wrong. Yeah, yeah. yikes! Here, well, this is great technology you're talking about. Great technology that actually taps into your own yeah. um, resources, right? So it's naturally gener- regenerating that tissue that makes yeah. up. So, I mean, I could I could go on on the list of innovation that uh, yeah. that uh, that is now worked on uh, company startups that uh, you know like started last year or two years ago or yeah, three yeah. years ago and i found this amazing it's so creative it's, it's really um providing solutions to real real problems is don't does how does all of this feed into where yamano is going um, well, we are not only a support like a support platform where women can go privately yeah. and uh, and be safe uh, and talk about it. We are also, as I was saying earlier, about the, the content, the curated content, so you don't waste hours with Doctor right. Google. Yeah, I we already put in there the right information. Um, and we do have these uh, these uh, these doctors and uh, specialists coming uh, online. Um, how does it fit? We are also at the center of innovation, mm. uh, in the sense that I am. We are starting to have these partnerships with with these femtech companies, yeah. and we will be able to offer these solutions to women. Okay. Um, so it's like live live it, innovation. So not only are they thinking about the innovation, but they're trying it out. They're trialing it. Exactly. Like, for example, the uh, the partnership that I have now with Nisa Effect, which, once again, two genius girls uh, from Texas uh, who decided to... to to uh, like create a solution to this problem, uh, they're in the prototype phase now, and they were looking for women experiencing hot flashes to be able to have feedback on their product. Right. And you know who those women are. We we <laughs> offered that to our Yamino community, and some of them uh, came forward, and I think like two of them came from Dubai. Yeah. You know, so they are very soon going to receive the prototype wow. and be able to try it and then give feedback, like essential feedback to yeah. this, uh, uh, to this, um, uh, to this. Uh, uh, these, these ventures <laughs> to these yeah. ventures sorry yeah no that's, that's um, so yeah we are the we are the core as well of uh, of uh, innovation for sure now how how long and there's there's a reason I'm asking this question how long have has Yamano been how long have, from from thinking about it and, and dreaming about it when you, you literally sat down in your apartment in London and and started clicking away it, it started happening to today what what kind of timeline are we looking at how long has this been um, in Genesis um, one year so a year it's really new yeah it's really uh, fast a year yeah I mean that's something about you know, femtech, but also our, our our modern technical innovations or tech aided innovations, they're so fast. Yes. Like a year for from you know, opening up your computer and saying, you know what, I gotta start something mm. to being where you are now and connecting with other femtech groups and seeing yourself as also an innovation center as well as an information center. That's pretty amazing. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, everything is fast, right? Yes. Fast retail, fast fashion, <laughs> <laughs> fast food. <laughs> what, what's, what's stage two? What, what's, uh, what's the next phase of Yamato? Where's it going? Well, at the moment, I'm really uh, concentrating on creating this, uh, this community. Mm. Uh, it's very, very important because, once again, I'm very aware that the topic is, uh, is taboo. Uh, women themselves feel embarrassed yeah. to, to either say it or admit it. There's a very high level of, of denial. Um, because it's linked to aging, it's linked to not being able to have ch children anymore, it's yeah. linked to many things. Um, but first of all, we need to disrupt this mindset. It's okay. not just that, right? right? And this is also, th this is the other role of Yamino. It's, it's a yes, disruptor. Of course, yeah. yeah. Let's normalize the conversation about menopause and let's disrupt the old cliches and everything that is very heavy and that is associated to it. No, yes, it is a normal fact of life. There are unpleasant things, but we can find solutions to that and there yeah. are solutions. And we can be very healthy, we can be balanced, we can continue to be successful and strong and confident and all of that. And don't forget men also go through <laughs> menopause. Well, that's the whole other side. And so how does, how are you, I mean, I almost see that you've got your, your core set of innovations. You've got your core community that you're building on and the obvious community. Men are not the obvious community, but they're very much part of this. Where, where do you, where do you see yourself going in the next year? So you've, you've one year you've done extraordinary years are a long time in femtech uh, in any of these tech uh, tech enabled ventures. Where do you see the next year? What's what's the horizon looking like for you? We'll see. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is also new. Of course, I have some plans in my head. Yeah. Uh, but it, it is really also new and it's like being in a jungle and starting it's exciting. to... exciting. Uh, exactly. So uh, the community is there. The community is growing. Um, I would want it, like I have a huge work of education to do yeah. like I spend my time talking and saying why it should not be a taboo right. why we should normalize this conversation why we should not be in denial and so on so these are already like big obstacles right yeah. well and, and how do you I mean how do you deal with I mean, when you start talking about this and you start talking about okay this is an obstacle and why you need to get involved and why you need to talk about this there's always when we talk about I mean this is philanthropy but it costs to make it happen. Mm -hmm. There, how it, there's got to be in the back of someone said, "What's in this for you? Like, what? Why are you doing this? Well, I'm doing it because it's a good thing, and I'm doing it because I've got reasons." And I, but there's always got to be that no one does stuff just you know. How are you? How how are you making money? Where's that? How do you, how do you how do you talk people through that? Yeah. Well, uh, first of all, it's truly truly like a personal thing, <laughs> like really truly. <laughs> and I am in a position yeah. where I can actually, uh, you know, uh, work and not uh, really worry about whether or not uh, uh, I, I make money. Yeah. Um, so that was really the whole thinking about creating Yamino. Uh, now, of course, uh, being aware of femtech and looking because I keep abreast of, of what's happening in the sector and yeah, so on, yeah. um, and being a business person, of course, of course, there will be uh, revenue generate generating uh, options. Sure. Not right now. Yeah. Not right now, because as I said, there's still this obstacle of... Yeah. of um, of opening up uh, about this topic uh, that uh, once again doesn't concern only women after 50, it's women like from 35 yeah, yeah. plus. So it's 
you know, a big, big pool yeah. of women. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the app can become um, a paid app, subscri- subscription-based. Yeah. Uh, we, can, uh, we can start selling some, like, some products, yeah. selected, pre-selected products and so on. The, the options are, okay. um, yeah, there are several options. So there, there is, I mean, people can go and find you. It's, it's pretty easy to, to get there. I-A-M-E-N-O. Dot net. Dot net. But it's also an app. So you've got the website, you've got the app, you've got the Facebook group. I mean, you are, you are really covering all the angles very nicely. Yes, yes. It's a lot of work. It's a startup. <laughs> well, that's what, that's what I was thinking. First of all, it's a startup. Second of all, you're, you're doing a whole bunch of education. Third of all, you're on multiple platforms that are linking together, but still they, they have their own peculiarities. Wow, that's is. I'm working uh, twenty hours a day almost, wow. uh, and I know it's not. I know it's not healthy, and I really yeah. uh, try to do the necessary to take better care of myself. Um, but I'm also aware that when you when you when you're s- when you're a startupper, yeah. uh, you work like mad initially, you know, to 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 create the the basis and the platform yeah. of, uh, of whatever activity you're going to go into. So uh, I gave myself. A time frame. <laughs> so I'm gonna work like a mad cow until <laughs> until a certain time, um, and I'm trying to uh, to uh, to build a little team around yeah. me, yeah. Um, and uh, and then hopefully it will be it will be easier. But I'm really in the scale up okay. uh, phase of this startup. So um, the, the other thing that that comes to mind is you know looking at your your history of startups and history of things kind of like a two to three, maybe four year window of, of, you know, before you start getting itchy, but now femtech in, and again, these technologically enabled ventures are much faster. You must already be kind of looking out at things and you already done that. You've, you've, you've linked up with the folks uh, in, in the U S in Texas. And I wonder if this platform is going to create in it, it almost becomes like a spoke and wheel kind of image where you've got this Yamano is is sort of at the center and then you've got all these other startups that start coming out of it. I wonder if that's what's going to happen with with where you're going with things yeah. because it sounds like it already is with the innovation center and and possibly with diet things and possibly with clothing lines that are smart enabled and and the list goes on and on. It's like hmm, interesting. Yeah, hopefully. This, and I'm actually very interested in knowing um, the region. Right. The Middle East region in yeah. terms of innovation, in terms of uh, innovation in femtech and so on. So um, probably start by um, having a particular interest yeah. I- I in the region and what's being done here and also contributing to to uh, to the bro- progress well, in this field. But so that is something that actually came to my mind. It's like, okay, menopause is... It, it, you know, it, it happens over this really large age group and there's multiple stages, but the way different regions of the world talk about it. So the way, you know, women in France might talk about it might be different than the way women in the UAE might talk about it, which might be different than the way women in, 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 in Kenya might talk about it. And the technology that they're using to have those conversations between Kenya and the UAE might be very different. This, this poses an interesting, interesting dilemma Yes. For you, as you're putting, as you're moving this platform out and saying, yeah, we want to scale this and we want to have it regional, but we also want to have it global. And how do we keep a collection of voices that are uh, talking to each other that those voices can relate to each other? Wow, what 
an interesting what an interesting challenge it is it is and it does start by normalizing the conversation yes because indeed yes it is a taboo and yes in cer- certain regions of the world uh, women are more discreet about that because mm. there's mm. judgment and there's yeah, a society yeah. and uh, and so on uh, today the countries that are more advanced in this topic in this uh, discussion are the UK the US and Australia Really? Right, but taking into consideration the fast progress and and uh, rapid changes that happen on a constant level, um, constantly, right, yeah, yeah. for everything, I don't doubt that this will also change in this region very quickly. Um, I was having a conversation of a dinner last weekend with um, with uh, with younger um, a younger woman who is in an in influencer and okay. you know in beauty and and all of that and she uh, without knowing what I was doing she actually said you know um, you know I was talking with my partner uh, yesterday and we were like why don't we normalize the the menopause. Yeah. And like these are women <laughs> from the region, right, yeah. exactly. And they're, you know, early 30s or yeah. even probably younger than that. Uh, and I'm very happy to hear <laughs> that because I'm like, ah, oh, finally. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, it starts by normalizing the conversation. And, uh, and then the needs are the same, are universal. Yeah. yeah. Whether you're a woman in Africa, in, uh, in, in Japan, here or in Europe, the need is similar which is incredible like this is a a natural unifier it's like wow yeah imagine imagine how having this conversation based around menopause can change perceptions can bring people together can normalize this this dialogue across the planet it's we're we're constantly looking for those normalizers we we already know that women are the key to you know, a, an educated, a, a well-rounded society. This is just another another piece in that telling us this is why we need to invest here. Yes. Wow. And the other point that is very important and that I always add in my conversations is women go through menopause, men too. Yes. Right? It's, of course, it's not exactly the same. Right, yep. it is called. I mean, you're lucky because you have different names for this <laughs> biological <laughs> event. You have the male <laughs> menopause, you it's andropause, or Americans decided to tag it as low T, right? Because right. it sounds cooler, okay? Low right? T, so low T for low, low testosterone, yeah, low testosterone, low T, yeah. yes. And uh, so, the, 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 the beginning of the hormonal depletion starts younger for you guys than it is for us. So from 35 onwards, the the hormones are going to start going down for you. For for us, it's going to start around 40, Mm. and then it abruptly stops because of our reproductive system. And for for males, it just keeps on on going. But low testosterone has also, of course, physical uh, impacts and uh, and mental impacts. Yeah. You know, when the hormones are like these miracle messengers in our body and they link yeah. everything, our brain with all the functions, right? Um, I, you know, it's, it's funny because you're saying this and, and exactly the same thing that you're, you, we were talking about right at the start. I mean, not exactly the same thing, like it's kind of different, but asking questions and, and noticing things. And I'll, I'll use my own example. I was standing in the mirror and I'm going... 
get, I mean, I'm, I'm exercising and I'm, I'm doing a lot of exercise and I'm eating well and, you know, and I'm looking, I'm going, well, why am I getting a little bit of, what's going on here? I'm like, and I'm, I'm the same way, what's going on? And she goes, oh yeah, I'm going, it's, it's, you know, hey, I'm 55. Testosterone levels are starting to go down. They start to go slowly, 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 slowly. At about this age, I'm now noticing some physiological changes that I can't account for. And you go and talk to someone, oh, you know, well, you know what's going on? The testosterone level's going down. Yes, exactly. And, and boom, mm-hmm. you got to be thinking more about other things. And it's like, who knows what's going on in my head? <laughs> <laughs> but, but do I talk about it to my friends? No. Don't talk about it to anyone. The symptoms are very similar to mm. most of the symptoms that women have going through menopause. Mm. Uh, it's uh, you will have the mood mood. I don't. I hate using the word mood, mood swings. swings yeah. I prefer to use mood changes. Yeah. You will have the mood changes. You will have the anxiety. You will have the uh, depression symptoms. You will have the bloating. You will have the weight gain. You will have the hair loss. You will yeah. have the the hot flashes. Um, uh, the the bone loss. Uh, like it all starts to happen majority of these symptoms do happen and it will start indeed you will have them in your in your 40s and uh, mm. and 50s and so on um, the only difference as I was saying is that for you guys uh, it doesn't stop abruptly and that's right. the only difference between us is that for us at some point these symptoms become become really intense yeah. because our reproduction um, yeah, yeah uh, stops uh, and then it's better you know like yeah. it, it, it's fine but um, but you do have um, like a hormonal depression or <laughs> yeah. menopause, and uh, it's always uh, very uh, strange to uh, to 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 talk about this uh, with men sometimes because um, like universally linking men and hormones. Uh, like men never nah, never relate to like or never link to hormones exactly like no 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 we are not like that but yes just because you are a human being yeah <laughs> and that your body is regulated by hormones um, and um, and yeah so and it can also you can be in low testosterone as a, as a child right you can be twenty a twenty five year old um, boy and mm. and have low T. And have andropause, that male menopause, yeah. right? And so, are, so are men also on y- Yamane? Is, are they? Is there also a uh, uh, <laughs> on Yamino? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Yamino. Yes, Yamino. I'll get it right by the time. I mean, it's right in front. Yamino. Yes, Yamino. I A M E N O. Yamino. 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 Yeah. Dot net. <laughs> um, are, are some men there or no? They, they are not. Okay. Uh, and uh, a very specific reason for that. We do have a, um, a group, a topic in there, which is let's educate our men. Uh-huh. And this created content as well about men also having their own hormonal depletion or how we should communicate our menopause to, to the men and so on. Um, as I was saying earlier, even women are not knowledgeable about right. menopause. Right. Like sometimes a, a woman is going through menopause and she realizes it because someone else tell her. Yeah. Say, oh, but you know, like maybe you are going through that. And she didn't yeah. even realize herself. So you cannot educate someone else if you're not yourself educated, right? Right. Okay. So like let's and let's that's start. the um, let's start by having all the data in hand, uh-huh. like being well equipped. And to be able to 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 say it the correct way and to yeah. communicate it the right way to right. to the people who are around us in our lives. Interesting. 
This is what a, what a conversation. This has been this has been incredible. So give give us all the coordinates. Where are all the places we can find out about Yamano? Uh, so it's um, it's uh, well online uh, Yamano uh, net. Uh, it really spells as it, as it pronounced. Yeah, I A M E N O Yamano. Exactly. It's like it's 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 right in front of me. It's like how I keep getting it wrong. <laughs> exactly, and um, so it's um, like a platform you can have. It's a web app at the moment, so okay. you just need to uh, to to add your phone um, phone number and your send the, the web app. And uh, and that's it. And of course, we do have uh, an Instagram and a Facebook page. Um, we're starting with our expert-led interventions. So, okay. for example, on Friday, um, we do have live on the platform wow. this amazing uh, naturopath, uh, plant-based um, uh, diet uh, expert that will come and talk about food and the impact of food and especially the impact of food on women going through wow. uh, a hormonal transition. Um, and we will have like these testimonies of, of yeah. women in early menopause. Uh, once again, you know, nutritionist, acupuncturist, cardiologist, uh, urologist, uh, uh, yeah. all exactly, yeah, all um, all type of experts. And uh, and we'll see. And I have a lot of work, <laughs> <laughs> and I sleep four hours a oh night. Wow. I, I, wow. That's all I can say. I mean, that's, wow. I'm so glad you're doing this. Thank and, you. and I'm, I'm so glad that you joined me here. Thank and, you very much. Jessica. And now I know about Yamano and I can tell the world and say, Hey, have you heard about this? You need to get on it. Register, come, engage, interact, chat, uh, learn, and, uh, and support women. I think that indeed it's a, it's a very necessary, uh, platform. And you know what, Farah, and I think just, your whole story leading into this and talking about what you've done here, where this could lead to, just what, a, wow. <laughs> this has been so much fun. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much for welcoming me. Catching up is what you've been listening to. My name's James Pikeway. Farah has been joining me here talking about Yamano. Music by Arches Audio, recorded at the Rove Hotel downtown Dubai in their podcast studio. Follow us, check out what we're doing. You can find us on Podaholics with a K or the James Cast. We're all over the place. Thank you. Have a great one. So long for now.